It is 18 hours 31 minutes. Last time I said seconds. East African time. Time for John Sibi Okumu on Wednesday. This being Wednesday, the 18th of May, 2022. Hamjambo Nakaribuni. Hello and welcome. Today, our focus is on education. This is what our constitution has to say about it. It's about it's a bit long, so you'll have to stay with me. Article 43 states that in the Bill of Rights, every person has the right to education. Article 53 with regard to children says every child has the right to free and compulsory basic education to be protected from abuse, neglect, harmful cultural practices, all forms of violence, inhuman treatment and punishment, and hazardous or exploitative labor, to parental care and protection, which includes equal responsibility of the mother and father to provide for the child, whether they are married to each other or not. For persons with disabilities, a person with any disability is entitled to access to educational institutions and facilities for persons with disabilities that are integrated into society to the extent compatible with the interests of the person. To use sign language, braille, or other appropriate means of communication. For the youth in our country, the state shall take measures including affirmative action programs to ensure that the youth have access to relevant education and training, have opportunities to associate, be represented, be represented, pardon me, and participate in political, social, economic, and other spheres of life. Turning to minorities and marginalized groups, the state shall put in place affirmative action programs designed to ensure that minorities and marginalized groups are provided special opportunities in educational and economic fields. And beside the Constitution, there's another interesting fact, and that is that adult literacy in Kenya, that is those who can read and write, is currently at around 80% of the population. So, to set the ball rolling, we gathered these sample questions, sample responses, pardon me, to the question, are our children getting a good education in our schools? Je, watoto wetu, wanapata ilimu bora katika shule zetu? The new system that the government has come up with, it's a bit better than the other one, the 844 system. The CBC system will be able to pick talents from our children. Some students are not good in anything in class, but they have talents. All of them are not equal. They are those who are getting faster, and the others are through runners. So the duration being given is very short for them. 
it will bring a lot of confusion because there, there is no infrastructure in the schools which will be offering this CBC. For example, if you look at the KCAC last year, 2021, only a quarter attained the C+. So over 600,000, now there are failures. Can you say that education system is good? Where will all those children go to? Yes, they are getting good education. CBC is, is about practical. It's not that the way we used to do it, they are being trained how to cook, traditional things, you see. But where they have failed us is the infrastructure. Because you find a school with a lot of uh, children but uh, with less facility. Our kids are not getting the right or the good education simply because you see even uh, how they are operating at home. It's like these kids are under pressure because of the time factor that they have. Our education system is producing, but at the same time, it is creating a lot of wastage. They tend to nurture their talents, so by the time they clear their education, they'll be able to go even and start their own business, because getting employment nowadays is not easy. Well, the ball is rolling. I'm, I'm sure we won't be able to cover all the ground. There's uh, rich uh, ground for commentary from those comments. Our mystery guest today, we've got used to the notion of a mystery guest, is a person well qualified to answer those or to respond to those comments, being somebody who is in the educational field himself. So, Mwalimu, without telling people who you are, would you be so kind as to respond to what you've heard generally? Yes, uh, it's something that is of key importance to us, especially in the education sector. And uh, the views uh, that are coming from different people, uh, they hold water. So, for example, in talking about uh, uh, the CBC, the competency-based curriculum, being better than the previous 844 due to the fact that it nurtures talents, that's true, I totally agree with that. Because uh, when the students are getting to year six, there's that aspect of uh, taking career paths whereby the students have established and they know what they are capable of doing. And uh, there's also the fact from the responses that uh, there's a bit of inequalities whereby there are slow learners and the fast learners and uh, that they're not being given enough time. Uh, this can be attributed to lack of uh, human resource and uh, the possible training that the teachers need to have for them to be able to cater for the students with the different learning capabilities so that maybe grouping the slow learners and uh, maybe the fast learners could be given more activities that can keep them occupied or in line with the, the strand or the objective of the lesson. And uh, there's also the aspect of uh, confusion due to infrastructure. Uh, I totally agree with this because uh, there's inadequate facilities in our institutions because the government's also talking about uh, 100% transition and our students having basic education. So there's no enough space and the required uh, teaching and learning resources to fully implement this competency-based curriculum. So that's the uh, right. So I'm going to comment on your comments. I, I, I listened to with great keenness to the le lady who talked about grades. 
Now, first of all, we have a system where where we pick up the newspaper and find that some child somewhere has scored any number of points in an exam, 400, and another child has scored 402, and another child has scored 403. And there are great celebrations in the various counties as to the best performers in their particular county. As a teacher, do you think that it's possible to assess a child to the point where you have this very strict marking, different exam, different people marking them, and because your child got one grade better than mine, I'm feeling that you feel that your child is superior. How do you as educationalists feel about this idea, of this manner of assessment? Mm, I, to start with, uh, it, uh, this kind of assessment is kind of a summative assessment because it encompasses all that the student has learned. For example, if you talk about from grade one to year eight, then they are assessed in the KCPE or if it is in the high school from form one to form four. And this is basically assessment um, uh, that is uh, cumulative. And maybe a student has forgotten something. Or I'd, li- I'd like you to explain to me, the layperson, why you're saying um, summative, summative, cumulative. W- what do these words mean? Summative, it's kind of you've learned, let's say, f- all the way for 12 weeks in term one. So you only get assessment at the end of the 12th week of learning. So during these other weeks of the term, there's no formal assessment that is done to the student. So that is now summative because it encompasses the whole term, but only one assessment. But in talk about formative assessment, which is very, very important because it informs the teacher about what the student is capable of doing. So this formative, you can, it can be done maybe after a particular objective has been learned. For example, let's say in mathematics fractions, you are done with fractions in, uh, in, uh, for a period of three weeks. I need to assess to establish how much the students have done then the same way in a different uh, area. So that is formative, which is very, very important for us. But you see, KCP and KCSE is more of the summative, cumulative at the end of the, of the study year. Thank you. I'd like you to comment on this idea that we're a huge country and this idea of inequality. <laughs> is the child who is learning in, in other countries, the idea is maybe the curriculum is the same for everybody and it's equal opportunity. If you're in the United States, presumably, you could be in Arkansas, you could be in Texas, but the state system is rolling out the the same curriculum. So everybody has the same access to the same knowledge. Now, are you trying to suggest to me that a child in Turkana and Pokot, if you were in a classroom there, that those children have equal opportunity, even if one of them manages to make it from Turkana to a place with 400 points in Kapsabed High School, and then the CS goes personally to congratulate them. That is an exception rather than a rule. Should we be dealing with exceptions and geniuses from areas that have a hope in really succeeding competitively because of the system that we're rolling out? Oh, Basically, if you look at the system that we're rolling out, uh, it tries to bring about a different understanding. And uh, the inequalities is very huge 
and it's clearly seen in our education system. For example, uh, you've given an example of a student in Turkana and a student in West Pokot. If you are talking about the time that they fully have for learning in school, we are not speaking from the same table because they are affected by some other circumstances. And that one may make them not to, even if they score, let's say, 375 marks from that particular area, that student is way much ahead uh, compared to someone who is in a very, very warm, calm environment. So the environment is a key factor, and it brings about the disparity and the inequalities that we're seeing in education. And that's why such students, when they go to, let's say, you've given an example of Capsabet boys, uh, they really shine because the environment is conducive for them and they have the requisite resources. Again, as a professional, are you going to be making a particular effort to be posted in a certain region? Because, again, if you're in Marsabit, Wajir, and you're, going, and you're probably from Western or any other part of Kenya, you run this very high risk on your way home for the holidays of being ambushed and killed. So... I'm trying to lead to this. Are we offering our children the best possible teachers that they could get everywhere? Yes. I say the teachers are good. The teachers, they have the requisite qualifications. What makes you think they're good? Because uh, teachers have a a regulatory body which uh, looks at their qualifications and they're given a particular certificate to show that they are good for the task. But the challenges come in whereby you are taken into a particular region whereby you are not able to give your full to the student because of, for example, what you've just said, like uh, insecurity maybe, uh, the environment as well. Students are not coming coming to school in good numbers, maybe a population of 30 students per class. Maybe today you have 22, next day you have 18, some you have 25. So that mix-up of students coming to school is also a contributing factor. But we've just said that our constitution, remember our beloved constitution, is positing education as a right, as a basic human right of our citizens. And you're a teacher, we've established that. I'm saying, do you think that after so many years of independence, the quality of our education is improving? Would you suggest to me that the child today is getting a better education than I did in the 1960s? Yes, our education system has really improved uh, because when I try to compare the different uh, systems that uh, started from way back in 1963, the 7423, then we came to 844, and now we're having the CBC 26333. So it has really improved because now I see the literacy and numeracy levels amongst the students is up compared to the previous years. Thank you very much, Mwalimu. It's a good enough point for us to stop for a while. All over Kenya, new ACE and system toilet blocks is giving toilets something to sing about. No matter what they do A number one or a number two Brings me closer New Ace and System Toilet Blocks comes in three new fragrances, Ocean Fresh, Citrus Fresh, and Lavender Fresh. The Toilet Blocks also come as single, twin, and triple blocks. These variants kill 99% of germs, leaving your toilet beautifully clean and fresh. I'll always stand by you.
Ace Toilet Blocks. Make your loo brand new. Why do we travel? We travel to experience nature, to taste flavors of the world, to discover different cultures, and to make new friends along the way. Whatever the reason, fly with MasterCard and Kenya Airways this season. Travel with a smile and enjoy 15% off using your MasterCard on www.kenyaairways.com with promo code MasterCard. Buy a ticket between 26th April and 31st May 2022 and you can redeem your booking until 30th December 2022. MasterCard. Terms and conditions apply. Mwalimu, you're very much like me. During that break, I could see you sort of nodding your head to the beat. Uh, and the crooner was singing, yes, his, uh, music is... Uh, maybe we ought to discuss music one of these days and artists. But we must go on. I'm still seeing images of our educational system from reading the papers, watching TV. So we've got this situation where our children are being punished so when I travel to the ancestral home, I myself have witnessed people who feel that it's good to sort of um, knock a kid with a cane uh, a thousand times because they fail to do something or not to come to school because they've got the wrong haircut and they ought to be cleanly shaven. So remember the assurance that was made about the Constitution about not causing any physical harm. Now, maybe it doesn't happen in your school, but it's happening in our schools. Is this something that exercises your mind? Uh, truly, because uh, even from past experience when I was go- growing up and going to school, there used to be a lot of punishment because that was the only way to make us get the best out of us. But uh, oh, I think there have been uh, some changes into the education system whereby there's no corporal punishment whatsoever. And uh, maybe if I give a clear example, I'm certain that uh, maybe the governing body of teachers, Teacher Service Commission, does not fail to pay a teacher if that teacher uh, produces bad scores because the students never did what was expected. So I think uh, the grounding policy that uh, maybe some of our teachers need to do, or even our parents, is just a hands-off policy, whereby just get your hands out of someone. Because if you stretch your hand, you might beat that student and you never know what will happen. And we've seen uh, uh, different uh, circumstances whereby the students are uh, doing the unthinkable. Maybe they go uh, hang themselves, etc. So the best way to do is not to punish the student. But you haven't suggested a way, Mwalimu, in which the teacher can come and complain. I haven't seen a complaint mechanism. Is there a complaint mechanism in your school where the child can come and say, nasty things are happening to me? Because you've just said uh, it's a hands-off approach. Parents give tremendous responsibility to schools and to teachers. And within those schools, children are open to abuse. Oh, one of the best methods that you need to do is uh, we need to have a behavior policy mechanism. And, Meaning uh, that we don't have one. 
uh, some schools do have, some may not be implementing it. So we need to have a guidance and counseling in the schools whereby the students feel free to go and express their views and uh, what is happening to them. And we need to have a protocol, uh, a template kind of uh, a system whereby we need to record if it's something that is repeated, then an action need to be taken. But Malimu, in the past, there was the mythology of the great um, I think Mr. Griffin of Starehe Boys, and he instituted the idea of a baraza, and all the boys gathered around the tree, and uh, the juniors, the middle schoolers, the seniors, all had this parliamentary system. So now that Mr. Griffin is no longer with us, couldn't we as a society have adopted that thing which has entered into the mythology of teaching in Kenya, making the students part of the lives which they're obliged to lead in school? Oh, those brothers they were working well, but uh, I'll not buy that idea per se because uh, it depends on the learning institution where you're coming from and uh, the kind of entry behavior of the students. Some of the students are, are so much egocentric. They just like themselves and they're more of a introvert. They don't speak in open forums. So they might just end up with what is uh, happening them. Uh, but I, I thought I thought, I thought, the understanding throughout the ages that the children are there to be molded. So now they're this sort of distinct group of really nasty people who are introverted and doing whatever they like. What have we done as a society? What do you blame? What do you, what do you blame for a society that produces kids who go have a great urge to burn their schools, burn their schools, lock their headmaster up for a week and without food and water. What's happening? Uh, one of the things that uh, maybe in some institution there's no aspect of open-door policy whereby a student can just walk in. And uh, But, you know, my, my, my riposte to you is that with the question we asked at the beginning is that is there a national approach to the problem? Because you're going to say that people have choices, and we're going to discuss the issue of choices. But I can assure you that when I talk to my chums of a certain age, and I ask them whether they want them to be in a state-based institution and to go into a government school, they say no. If I have the money, I would much prefer them to go somewhere else. That is a savage indictment of a system, Walimu. Um, going to such states because of uh, a national benchmark, international benchmarks, uh, for them to have uh, decided to maybe go to to such international schools because of the idea that uh, there's uh, uh, the teachers are not very much strict, and uh, they because of the policies, the schools that they have, and uh, based on different documentations that they sign against uh, child protection. So that's why maybe they'll prefer to go there because maybe they've had it from their peers and maybe they're exposed to the network where they can check and see, oh, this is the best way to go. So I think uh, just to ensure that uh, this is well taken into consideration is just to have uh, an open-door approach and uh, discussing uh, the parents need also to be open to their kids they just talk, uh, having maybe a boy-girl talk with their parents for them to understand what is going through them and the best avenues to to air their grievances. I think that will help in one way or the other to deal with uh, such uh, incidences in schools.
Mwalimu zamani za kale mwalimu alikuwa anakaribishwa na shangwe na kuku wale squeeze mwalimu akija some kind of um, factory reject jibu hilo swali tuna wale walimu ambao yavaa ama ni kazi yao ambao hawajawahi kufikisha maishani mmm maombi yamebadilika ndio maana unapata yale mihemko vifijo ambao walimu walikuwa wanapewa sikwizi imepungua na inaweza kuwa ni kwa njia mbalimbali labda tuseme muda haupo tena wa kufanya mambo kama hayo na vile vile watu wanasema ah ya hayo ni yaliyopita wache tugange ajayo kwa hivyo ni vizuri tena vile vile turejelee historia zetu ndiposa tuweze kuhakikisha kwamba mambo mazuri ambayo yalikuepo hapo awali uh, bado yanaendelezwa so you think brilliant teachers still exist but they have the respect that mwalimu Julius Nyerere wanted even though he was a doctor he he ditched his doctorate he much preferred to be called mwalimu he wasn't telling everybody that he'd gone to edinburgh and had come back with a phd i think now that the teaching profession is presumed to those who have failed to find anything better and then we think of a country where countries like finland where you have to be the most educated uh, the phd's in order to get time with kids our most talented individuals in society have no desire to become teachers uh, one of the key things i think is the perception uh, because uh, when you look at maybe the entry levels into tertiary institutions where teachers are trained to be teachers have gone down and maybe and also when we talk about the unionism whereby the in, a, in an year you get teachers are going on strike and they tend to ask why are the teachers on strike they need more pay so what is the perception teachers are not paid well and in this society you see it's all about money that's what people want and uh, that one in one or the others watered down the the understanding of what a teacher is and who they are in their society so it's just about um, the understanding the whole understanding of a teacher and uh some people view other professions to be much better as compared to teaching but uh, it's also good to understand that a teacher is te- well paid not all it depends with where it depends with where. so we, you're basically saying over and over again it's the a key factor for any nation the most important thing of all in a country with very many young people that were adopting a sort of let's wait and see where we are kind of policy do you have any views on this idea of whether our kids might go to I- the idea of to fight against ethnicity because they're saying in some instances you've got to be in a region where you start off with your mother tongue then you progress to a point where you learn english when you're at a certain age but what about whether when you're if you're uh, an el molo and you end up as a civil servant in um i don't know um gem what's going to happen now um because i'm trying to suggest mwalimu that those who rule us should be thinking about these problems and those who are acting as out should also be thinking about so far in our conversation you're just saying it's all right with me mate i've got a nice school i've got a nice salary forget the rest and i love what i do na wengine washindwe ah itakuwa vizuri kusema hivyo ya kwamba pesa ndio inatuongoza katika hii kazi ya walimu 
Uh, but uh, back to what you've just said about uh, language and ethnicity in different areas. I think uh, language is a very important tool of which we can use it to enhance our understanding and communication purposes. So if, um, let's say, I speak uh, language X and I go to place Y, and uh, that language is not being spoken there, so it's kind of a bit jittery. Um, it, it, it is. When your big moment comes to be the CS for education, mm-hmm. are you going to say that I shouldn't go and work somewhere where there's privilege for me and opportunity simply because my children will not be able to speak the local language there far away from home? It's, it's a mega issue. It needs some kind of... Um, what do you think? You're uh, the teacher. Yes. Uh, and, and let's be clear. I mean, this is a dear subject. I spent 30 years of my life teaching. And, uh, but uh, sadly, there's a big conversation that we're going to get into because I taught in private schools. So there was a relative privilege bar there. And uh, people paid huge sums of money to be in the classroom in which I was teaching. But this wasn't being rolled out to the 50 million odd Kenyans who represent the Wananchi. You represent them. So we can come back to discuss my feel, my failings in life <laughs> in the next segment. But what about what you're doing? Um, the first uh, thing will be about uh, putting teachers into different areas. Or uh, I don't know if I got you clearly. Yeah. The idea of a national cohesion mm-hmm. and the role that education plays in that. Kenya wants to be a nation, not just a country with a lovely boundary and a fancy flag and a national anthem. People who feel a sense of oneness. Could we end on your views on the role that education could make, play to make us one? Oh, the first thing is that uh, education promotes international mindedness, whereby all of us are equal and we come from di- whether we come from different backgrounds we are one. And I think those are some of the issues that are... Is the educational system that we have in place enhancing a sense of unity? Yes, there is. Because, for example, when you look at now the competency-based curriculum, there are pertinent and contemporary issues that are being addressed. There are also uh, emerging issues that are being addressed, for example, about uh, togetherness, doing uh, learning in a more cooperative way, in terms of doing tasks and also taking care of the environment as a whole. So I find our education system, this new system, has really improved on it. And uh, the only problem is the implementation and the understanding of the teachers. If we fully implement those issues, I think uh, we are going to achieve that national cohesion. Mwalemu Asante, Yavat, Shumami Kidogo. Karibu. Mwalimu, the last segment before you reveal yourself, we've got to the point where, as I tried to suggest earlier, most countries in the other parts of the world, let's not call them developed or emerging or everything, try to have a unified educational system. Everybody goes through the same paces and then a few um, groupings do their own thing. 
tell me something about, explain to me, who was a product of the seven years in primary schools. Then I cleared my KPE. I knew all the ministers in government because they were on a poster. They were there and it was part of who's the minister for agriculture, Lawrence Seguini, who's the minister for education, James Osogo. It was a very comforting sort of Kenyatta era where our leaders were there long enough that children ought to know who they were. And then I go through the motions. I do six years in high school, boarding school, uh, boarding school with its trials and tribulations uh, because you're far away from home. Mummy and daddy aren't there to look after you. And then three years in university. Then there was the 844 system. So I'm a bit lost now. Eight years in primary school, four years in secondary school, four years in university. Now we have something new, which is called CBC. And you're saying it's a wonderful thing. And I have friends who say it's an awful thing. So persuade me of its wonder. Oh, I think to start with where we've come from, that uh, the previous during the first era of the 743, uh, then we came to wait for four and now CBC. Now, if you look at CBC, I think... To my understanding, it's a very, very wonderful system because it focuses more on the competencies and the application of the knowledge and the skills that the students are having to real-life situations, uh, as opposed to the previous uh, education system, whereby, like the sorry, sorry, Mwalimu, to interrupt. I've been keeping abreast of the complaints. There's a, a, a monumental overload. It asks too much of one child in one childhood period of their lives and half of the things that they're required to do to have this wonderful exposure of one-on-one they just don't have the materials in some village in let's go back to gem my favorite place for today (laughs) they don't have the gadgetry to keep it going so no um with reference to that it's uh it's just a matter of the understanding of what it entails in the system Uh, The teachers who are interpreting it, they need to look at the available resources within their reach to ensure that uh, what is uh, highlighted as a strand in the the relevant skills is achieved. Because uh, I really strongly believe, I have a strong belief that uh, everything is possible. And we have a design with us to fully implement. And the aspect of demanding too much, it's just about... uh, what the students are able to do one at a time. And if maybe teachers redesign how they give out the tasks for the students to do, uh, it will be good for them. For example, having students to work collaboratively in class, maybe doing group presentations and now exploring what they have in their different localities, then they can use that to achieve what has been stated in the curriculum. And uh, uh, the aspect of uh, demanding too much, oh, well, we are told to buy this, to buy this today, tomorrow we buy that. I think th- when the teachers plan effectively and they know what is expected, let's say, after three weeks or after four weeks, it is within their duty to ensure that all the required materials from the parents to aid in learning 
is sent out to them in good time so that the parents do not complain. And at the same time, when you look at the CBC, it's, it's an holistic approach whereby the teacher, the student, and the parents are actively involved. So when one stakeholder is uh, not actively involved, then things do not work well. So it is also important for the parents to know what their students are, what their children are learning. And at the same time, they need to ask and attend those open days in schools so that they know what is expected. And also just benchmarking, because I'm sure parents interact and uh, their students don't, their children don't go to some schools. So it's also important for them to inquire what is it that is happening in school X, where my child is school A, what is it that is happening? Then they can compare and establish a commonality of what is supposed to be done. But this system is a wonderful one. And uh, I'm sure when something is starting, there are always the setbacks, the fear of the unknown. But if we fully implement it bit by bit, I'm seeing good results in terms of literacy and numeracy, in terms of uh, the students who go to primary one, primary two. And I see my girl is doing wonderful. She does her things by herself but she is in the national system. So I find it so nice, and I enjoy it. If you go with open mind, then uh, we are good to go. Do you help your daughter with her homework? Are you, is the parent involved in this process, or is it all teacher-based? I am involved. One, the communication. The, the teachers communicate through their diaries. Then I look at it, and before even ask my daughter what she has to do, already she's aware. So it starts from school. Let the students know what they're doing from the teacher. Then the student, when he or she comes home, it is upon the parent to have, a, let's say, a routine. Do you have homework? Or the child knows that when I'm from school, I do one, two, three, I do my homework. The only way I help is when the child is stranded. When I see that this child is really struggling in understanding this. So what I normally do is that I write a note to the teacher to tell my daughter was struggling with this and I don't want to do it. Because it's important also to to apply the approach of uh, research and doing more of inquiry. And if it is, uh, let's say it's too much, then I just ask some leading question as a parent because maybe I look at what the child is supposed to do. I may ask some leading questions just to spur the thinking of the student. But I'm glad we can be a bit personal in that you're a daddy. I didn't know that. But now <laughs> that now, um, good old, um, all, all love to your daughter, I want, I, I want to find out what you as a daddy feels about the idea that children these days, literacy is beyond reading and writing. The 80, 81% of Kenyans who can read and write, the idea of... Uh, social media literacy the 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 child of the future has to be able to deal with social media whatsapp but it is also a maze of uh, fear she could go out there and discover all manner of things what should we as a society be doing to introduce this new level of social media literacy it literacy particularly when 10 years have gone by and not every kid in this land has got a computer as we were promised by the outgoing government? Uh, one is that uh, we need to introduce uh, the digital skills to the, crucial. Uh, to the students bit, right. by, bit by bit. Yes, they need to be introduced to me as well. I, I like them. So <laughs> what's happening in your household? 
for your daughter to acquire them courtesy of the state? Um, one, I'm disappointed because the state promised some of this uh, equipment to enable teaching and learning in our institutions. But uh, because when you look at even the curriculum itself, there are certain areas that it states that the student can even drag and put maybe their matching words, pictures they can drag. You see, it's also helping the child with the psychomotor skills. So when these were developed and these um, tablets were to be given to the students, then uh, in the curriculum it states they are supposed to do this activity, but the, the gadget is an enabler. But that is not happening. It only happens in good private schools whereby they have this equipment. So I think the government needs to beef up their game. They need to pull up their socks. They need to promise what they are able to deliver other than what is flowery to the voters. You said the system was wonderful. Now, do forgive this question. I know it uh, may sound unkind, Mm -hmm. but I'm saying what if your daughter did have a disability and we, uh, we started earlier with constitutional promises. Would you, in your cu- current circumstances, have been as willing to take your daughter to school if she were deaf, she were blind, everything around you where you live now would make her have a happy education? One, I'll be reluctant. Reluctant to do what? To take my child. Because most of actually... Most of our learning institutions do not have the capabilities to deal with the students uh, with different learning uh, learning disabilities or physical disabilities. So you'd homeschool them? Uh, not necessarily homeschooling, but I'll uh, handpick because there are specific schools that offer such a... Uh, uh, they have the equipment. Right, so you might have to relocate... Uh, if you were somewhere, you might be somewhere. You, ha- you might have to travel a thousand miles to go to a place, change jobs, if you could find one. Yes, because you see, each and every parent has the best, want the best for their kids. So if I don't find it in my locale, I'll have to shift. But uh, at in the same time, in the constitution, it's, it talks about uh, providing safe environment. So to our national schools, the, uh, the state-owned schools, uh, they do have a lot of challenge because uh, there's uh, overpopulation. Uh, the space is not enough to cater for students with uh, different abilities. So these are some of the things that I will urge the government to really look into, even if I'm sure they might not be able to work in all schools, but they can pick maybe, uh, let's say, in a radius of five kilometers, or even three kilometers. Amongst five schools, maybe they can pick two to start with because uh, if that is not addressed, then uh, some students will uh, not achieve the very best. But remember, it is the same constitution that tells us that the government must, and it is compulsory for each and every child to have basic education. And those are some of the uh, sustainable development goals which the country subscribes to by the UNICEF, uh, by the African Union Commission on Education. So it is something that the government really, really needs to look into. Malimu, would you like to comment on uh, this whole notion of choice? Uh, The the rich, for want of a better grouping, the rich want to take their children to private schools. 
could you compare the curricula and do if you know anything about it and tell us something about the appeal of the international curricula as opposed to our national one because i would have imagined there's a there's a there's a trick question there that they would be trying to uh, imitate the 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 competition so that there wasn't really a choice so taking your school to the international school you'd find to your delight that it the state offers the same thing in terms of educational opportunity oh if you compare for example if you look at our country kenya whereby we have uh, some learning institutions giving uh, international curriculum for example igcc uh, giving international baccalaureate some are also giving btech etc so uh, the reason as to why there's a choice whereby let's say those who are uh, well, the choice is made because you've got the money dear <laughs> yes those who are who, who have the financial muscles yeah. they'll go to such institutions because they see that uh, one their students are ex- exposed to international uh, standards which uh, when they travel abroad even if let's say they're going to let's say germany or uk their kids can still transit easily into such systems as opposed to right. our national system right so they're thinking ahead sure. well this is um, time for our last uh, stop before the end Hey, what's up? It's your music-loving friend, Rick Dees. Don't forget this week, oh, wait a minute, the countdown has Olivia Rodrigo revealing her very personal, is it a, a mental condition? Find out from Olivia herself, and Post Malone's dentist has put diamonds in his teeth. It cost over a million dollars. Let me show it to you. It's all right here in the middle of Dees Sleeves. And so much more as we head for the biggest hit of the week. Malimu. This is um, the last segment, and um, traditionally it's about a bit like cutting the Christmas cake or the birthday cake or whatever. This is when you say, my name is, who are you? <laughs> oh, my name is uh, Eric Owino, uh, and I teach Kiswahili language ah. and also history and government. Okay, at what level? Uh, across all the levels, from year one to A levels. Right. Yes. So I'm I'm intrigued. Um, I, this is a this is a tribal question, my dear friend. How did Nyongeleshe kitogo unifraisha na Kiswahili nisikie tu bila wewe unaongea kama mjaluo unaongea Kiswahili. Na yeah, ongea Kiswahili kidogo niyo na I'm going to give you a test on air. Oh, na nazungumza Kiswahili na nilijifunza Kiswahili nikiwa mdogo kwa sababu tulikuwa tunaishi maeneo ambayo kulikuwa na makabila mbalimbali kwa, kwa hivyo ile lugha ambayo ingetuleta pamoja ni Kiswahili. Kwa hivyo baada hapo nikapata amu na ari ya kujifunza zaidi Kiswahili na nilipokuwa katika shule ya upili mwalimu wangu alinisaidia sana. Ingawa sikuwa na pata la za juu lakini alinipa motisha. Na baadaye nikafaulu na hata kusoma Kiswahili katika chuo kikuu. Na kwa sasa inanipatia unga Motisha therefore must mean encouragement. <laughs> yes. I got it. I'm going to write that down. Motisha. Okay. Um you've inspired me, but um uh I'm upping my Kiswahili game. But you talked about the idea of inspiration, the inspirational teacher who made you what you are. Do you think there is still scope in our talking grand ideas about scope for the inspirational 
teacher. In my day, teachers weren't as controlled. They were sort of kings of their own classrooms. Some people came and did nothing for 40 minutes at a time, but it was very much the age of the teacher as a character, a memorable character. But now everything is very regimented. People are writing things down. Do you think that the age of the inspirational teacher has gone? Uh, one is uh, teaching is an art. And uh, it uh, is something, it's a, it's a journey that when you want to walk, I need to have a lot of uh, courage because uh, it's whereby you're molding lives of different students. Every day, you need to reflect. What is it that I did to those 40 students or 80 students in that class? Did I added value to them? And it starts with you. We need to walk the talk. How you dress, how you speak, and how you communicate. Even that alone, without even speaking to the students, they will be motivated. They'll get that inspiration from you. So the bottom line is that, uh, one, we need to be open to these students because we teachers, we spend most of time with them as opposed to their parents. So they're looking at uh, us like father figure and the mother figure away from home. And the students can tell you what is happening that even their parents don't know. So it is important that we also need to draw a line. Uh, we also need to have boundaries. And we need to know how to communicate to them. Now, the idea of choices that you have made, this idea of making your vocation your vacation, as Weber said that for the first time, do you feel, here I, I hear you, you've got a lovely voice, lovely timbre, if you permit me to say that. Do you, if you went into the media... Uh, and we're reading the nine o'clock news for one of our <laughs> stations, you could end up making more money. Uh, so uh, in terms of career progression, it's an unfair question rather. Do you feel sometimes that you made the wrong decision to become a teacher? You could have done better for yourself financially if you'd done something else. Not really, because uh, what I started with was uh, my main idea was not actually teaching. Hmm. But uh, I found it much better after seeing some of my friends. So you, yeah, so what was the path? You gravitated uh, towards teaching. It was never a calling in the same way that I might, you know, want to become a, a priest at the age of 12 <laughs> heading for the seminary. Uh, yes, because uh, where I grew up, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of Christianity. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I lo really loved to see because I interacted with brothers and priests. So I wanted to do an aspect of charity work right? from the beginning. So you wanted to give back. You wanted to, to, to serve, which, yes. is, which is an attribute of the teacher. Yes, the service. And uh, uh, when I looked at it again, uh, it didn't come as I expected. So the same service came in in teaching because teaching is an art. It's, it's what you love doing what you love doing. In our conversation so far, uh, and, and thank you so much for agreeing to come um, just by somebody phoning you up and saying uh, you were given the name and uh, here you are. I'm wondering, towards the end, you had very little to criticize uh, about the system in which you're working. Aren't there any suggestions you might make to make it better? If you were the CS for education,
Having said what everything that you've said, what would you seek to implement? And by extension, we're talking about the season of electoral promises. We know last time it was free computers. Next minute will be free meals. Next minute will be two-course meals. Uh, the politicians are making promises. You know, border, border, drivers will continue to rush around with impunity, uh, running out over us all and dropping us onto the ground, and nobody will touch them. If you were the CS in the forthcoming governments for the next five years, what would you do with the experience that you've had? Oh, the first thing I would like to implement is uh, investment in human resource in teaching and learning. Then another aspect will be... So what, uh, to speak as a minister, what would you call upon the government to do? Employ more teachers? One uh, Pay teachers more? What's going to uh, draw this pull where, you know, Mwalimu Julius Nerere was a great hit in the village and got a chicken everywhere he went? Uh, one thing is just to empower the teachers. One, doing more of training to them and uh, allowing them to acquaint themselves with the new methods, the new emergencies in teaching and learning. So because education is dynamic. Everything is changing day and day. So the first thing that I'll do is to have uh, to come up with a policy to ensure that each and every sub-county has a training ground for teachers. Even if it picks teachers maybe one per school per day, not uh, also ba balancing with the curriculum time, I'll invest in them so that they know, they understand, and they apply what they have learned in, during their training as well as the new trends in education. Another aspect will be investment in infrastructure. We don't have enough classes. Though the government is trying, but it needs to be looked into because we are talking about 100% transition. We need to have uh, accessible infrastructure in terms of classrooms that all students can access, be it maybe they are on a wheelchair or other ways. Another one will be uh, having clear guidelines on uh, progression of teachers. In terms of um, how they become headmasters, if they've done it long enough, they become headmasters. Yes, because or had, or had teachers full stop, not the masters. Yes, because you see, everyone wants to be at the top, and if I want to be at the top, there's a stage. There are stages that I need to go so through. So a sort of military progression from being a sergeant to going becoming a corporal to becoming a colonel, uh, but it, it's gradated so you know where you're heading in so many years' time. Yes, and I think it should be well defined as opposed to doing the trainings, etc. Because. And also the aspect of experience that I've been teaching for 15 years, they need to become a senior teacher. No, because uh, that experience, you might be doing the same thing. You've been doing the same thing for over 15 years. So it's important for the government to have clear gu guidelines based on criterias that are supposed to be followed. Let's say I've worked for this number of years. What have I achieved? Now, if I've achieved this, where can I take? Maybe I get to another school try another aspect, maybe looking at uh, what are the challenges that different schools are having, then in that aspect of rotation, then I can get that uh, clear guideline and, pro and uh, progression. Because uh, I'll not die a classroom teacher, per se, or I'll not uh, retire a classroom teacher. I'll also be maybe to the senior teacher, deputy, and headmasters. I'd like to ask what you would do about a current problem which is 
cheating uh, in our exams and the idea that that whole system is very flawed, is it going to be one of these things that's also a hallmark of being Kenyan that even our kids are being diddled of their right opportunity because people are fixing the results, giving away exam questions, even with the military patrolling the whole process? Oh, I think the best thing is to have uh, ICT integration. ICT integration... Uh, Means that there's a camera filming everything? Not necessarily a camera, but uh, you see, if those exam papers have security seals, if they have those security seals, if maybe, let's say, in a particular village, in a particular radius, we have a geolocation system, whereby if these papers have been tampered within one way or the other, if it's, let's say, a scanner or maybe uh, something to detect any form of uh, getting the paper in advance before time. That is the problem. That's where the problem starts, acquiring the exam papers before time. So if you have certain security measures other than human beings, because human beings are flexible, they are flexible. So if we have a clear system, which is not necessarily inclined to human beings, then we shall curb it one way and, uh, in one way or the other. Then once these exams are started, have started, um, maybe you only need one person per room. And this one person also have uh, different, uh, let's say, gadgets that will help them to monitor the progress, how the students are doing their exams. So could we end with this image of your daughter uh, and maybe the other many, many children that you will have. Uh, surely one way of a gauge is what ambitions do you have for your daughter with the education? Uh, here's my little girl. She's so nice. She's so pretty. She's so lovely. What do you want her to become, courtesy of this educational system that we're providing? One, I would like her to be flexible, to choose her own career path. By the time she gets to grade six, then I'll be able to advise depending on what I've seen and what the teachers have seen are uh, her best capabilities. I'll not rather choose for her what to do, but it's upon her. I'll only guide her. I'll only influence her decision, but I'll not decide for her because it's very dynamic. In almost every generation, Walimu, there's this idea of what I had, my kid has more. Every parent strives to offer more than they had. What demands would you make of our educational system so that she has more than you had very quickly? Uh, one of the demands will be, uh, let's say, flexibility, mm -hmm. understanding what they do, and not uh, providing 100% help to them at all times. And doubtless um, ending up uh, a happy human being. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mwalimu Eric Owino. And we have to leave it there. Do continue to give us feedback, hopefully positive and reassuring on the Twitter handle at Capital FM Kenya or drop us a text or WhatsApp message on 071-984-984. You've been listening to John Sipio Kumu on Wednesday. Till next time. Thank you. Thank you.